everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Hand Me Up Club. My name is Lindsay Rutter, and I have a really interesting guest this week. Uh, we're gonna dive into something we haven't really talked about a lot on the Hand Me Up Club, and that is organizing and sustainably organizing and just being a better you in your whole life in 2020. And I'm doing that with B Copeland. B is an award-winning writer and director, a video host, and a professional organizer. She knows her way around a film set and a home from kitchen to tool shed and everywhere in between. She's written, produced, and directed content for various brands and award-winning short films. And you can watch her on Cheddar TV as the co-host of Cheddar at Home, a lifestyle series bringing expert advice to the next generation of homeowners. And previously, Bee created and hosted Refinery29's room makeover series, Be Organized, which is available on Amazon Prime. Hi, Bee. Hello, thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to have you here. So, like I was saying, I haven't really had someone here that's like this organizational goddess <laughs> and knows so many different details and different aspects of being organized and just being like a healthier, more focused version of yourself. Um, so I'm very excited mm -hmm. to hear from you. I know a while back we were saying how 2020, like, new year, new me, this is the time to sort of talk about all this, because I think that's really on the mind of everyone, you know, mm -hmm. resolutions, however you feel about them. Yes. I think everyone hopes, though, at some point, whether your new year is January 1st or September 1st or your birthday, that there's a reset point where you hope to make a better change and have something better happen for you. Yes. And I think a lot of people, that is being more organized. Yeah, I think... Yes, I agree. And I think it's because we know that organizing can affect every aspect of your life. You know, organizing your bedroom, making your bed, simple things, simple lifestyle tweaks mm -hmm. can affect every, your, your you know, productivity at work. You know, things you start at the home can affect your relationships, your work, your, your you know, friendships, all those things. So I think we know deep down organization is really key to like living that that really productive life mm -hmm. and i also think just based on everything that's going on in the world right now i don't know if you agree but 2020 feels like a major reset <laughs> i think like the, yes. a new decade everyone's like oh yeah no this is this is the time absolutely new decade <laughs> it's an election year like right? this right? is totally a reset year absolutely yeah. Oh, 100% agree. And so. maybe when we weren't as focused in the past, you know, we're ready to get there now. Mm -hmm. um, certainly, like, our generation and, and the millennial generation, Gen Z, it's like, we're with it now. Mm -hmm. We're kind of adulting in a real way. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That, that actually reminds me, I was asking a bunch of people at New Year's, do you remember where you were for New Year's Eve 2009 into 2010, like, the last decade? Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, do you remember? Oh, geez. Yes, I Sorry, do. I do. Like I do remember. Out. I do remember. I mean, it's kind of like it, w it was um, right before I was going to be a senior in college. So it was like it was a it was a bougie mm -hmm. New Year's Eve. I was in the Virgin Islands on okay. a sailboat. It was it was a good year. That sounds great. <laughs> but then like you think back because you can actually remember where you were. I remember I had just gotten my wisdom teeth uh, out because it was like a holiday yikes. break and I was taking the time then to recuperate and mm -hmm. so just a chipmunk on my yep. mom's couch. Yep. And if you can actually remember where you were, I think that makes that decade 
that much more concrete mm. and tangible. And you mm-hmm. think like, oh my gosh, so much has happened. Yes, you can think about who you were then and who, who you are now and want to be now. Yeah, yeah. and then who you want to be in 10 years from now. Totally, totally. Absolutely. Which is what brings us to organizing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, how do we do it? How do we purge and reset and be more organized people to have a better year and a better decade and a better life? Yeah, I mean, it sounds really daunting, I think, at the beginning, but... What I've seen in the work that I do and the clients that I've worked with um, is that it's a bunch of simple changes um, that eventually become habits and eventually just become your lifestyle. So I think something you can do right now that doesn't have to be so overwhelming is just to kind of look at your closet. And like, I know you usually talk about fashion on here. So we're going to talk about clothes in particular. Yeah. Look at your closet. Look at your shoe collection. Look at your bag collection. And just like... Give yourself a solid chunk of time to, like, sit with it and study it and rethink it. What are the pieces you've been holding on to for five years, maybe an entire decade, Mm -hmm. that you have never worn, never, you know, they're not your go-tos, they're not the pieces that you love, they're almost more of a burden. Mm -hmm. So it's like, right now is a good time to kind of rethink your wardrobe. Mm -hmm. Give it, like, a a once-over. Um, and then we talk about like purging and, and getting rid of things, um, to do that in a sustainable way, you know, you're going to want to think about ways that you can kind of close the, the consumer loop and not just like dead end it to the trash or to a landfill. So those are, those are, those are options like repurposing your old clothing. Is it a pillowcase that you can use as a rag in your house? Is it a t-shirt that you can rip up and use as rags? Um, mending is great. I mean, it's kind of, mending is kind of trending now. Um, this is true. <laughs> with different cool, funky ways of sewing clothes, hemming clothes, fixing denim, um, with patches or just like really unique stitching. Um, mending is a great way to give your clothing an extra life mm-hmm. um, and, and keep it from uh, ending up in, in a landfill. Um, there are also stores that have denim recycling programs, um, which is a great, you know, option if, if you're really, you've worn those jeans to their end. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, we know donating to thrift stores, vintage stores, um, reselling, all of that. Um, that is a great way to kind of keep clothing in the cycle. And then some some fun thing that I've started to do is if I'm ready to get rid of an article of clothing, I'll hold on to it and think about, oh, what friend would really like this? What friend maybe is a blazer? What friend, you know, works in that office environment who might actually enjoy this? It's a great way to, a great excuse to invite a friend over for dinner and be like, here are pieces I've hand selected for you that I'm, you know, no longer mm-hmm. wearing. Do you want them? Um, so I use that as an excuse to like have my friends over all the time. I actually love that, and it's funny, that's not a thing that usually comes to mind Mm. for me. It's so funny. I can think of things where I'm like, oh, this is so-and-so style, they would love this, but I don't ever think to always make that next step. Mm. I think that might just be because a lot of my friends and I aren't necessarily like the same shapes and sizes and things like that, so that makes it a little harder, but I think that's a great idea. I do that with my sister. I take a lot of my sister's clothes, There you too. go. She doesn't always know it. That's such a great idea. I love that. Yeah, and so that's just another little way that you can uh, kind of keep keep clothing in a cycle and not just dead-end it to a landfill, which is, as we're seeing in the fast fashion industry, um, it's just awful for the earth and the resources um, and the like energy that it takes up. 
Yeah, absolutely. That was um, actually something I talked about a couple episodes back. It was just a Q&A episode, and Laura, actually, our mm-hmm. mutual friend Laura, mm-hmm. she had asked, what actually happens with all the stuff that you donate to Goodwill? And I talked about how you take it to the store. If it's sellable, it gets put on the floor. If it doesn't sell after four weeks, it goes to the outlet. If it doesn't sell after four weeks at the outlet, then it goes to an auction. If it doesn't sell at the auction, then it gets recycled. And if it can't be recycled, then it goes to a landfill. But that's still almost 13 13 million tons of clothing in a landfill. So absolutely, like, doing as much as you can to get away from that end point. Yeah. Perfect. Great. Ideal. Yes, I agree. Uh, Yeah, I love that. I think so much of the, like, personal, because I think it's especially in New York where there's a service and a way to do everything. You're like, oh, great. I'll just drop it off here. I'll do that. But the personal thing, you're like, I'm going to give this to my specific friend. That's, that's great. I love that. So that's organizing your closet. And I know you deal with all aspects of the home, all aspects of the life. What are sort of some little things perhaps that someone can put into their day to day? You know, we can do the big closet purge, but are there things that we can implement into our day to day to have a more sustainable and organized 2020 and new decade? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, it's interesting because I've approached organizing from kind of one avenue and then the sustainability has just been kind of, comes with the territory, right? Organizing is helping people, at least for me, it's helping people establish healthier relationships with their stuff. Um, And a byproduct of that is realizing a lot of us have too much stuff and we need to have a better understanding of the world, the the planet, our our footprint on the planet, and, and therefore how we can minimize that footprint. So it's all tied together, but there are solutions that can kind of, touch on on different sides of it. So if we're saying 2020, we're going to live more eco-friendly, I'd say there are some like little things we can do in the home. For example, this may sound crazy, but getting rid of paper towels. Okay. Making your, your household a no paper towel household. So what that looks like is, at least in my own home, the way I've, I've managed to make the switch is um, restaurant grade cotton towels. Just buying them in bulk and having them on hand in the kitchen, and then they go in the laundry. So they they become part of that cycle. Um, some people are like, wait, but what about when you drop something on the floor when you need to clean something up? Um, I keep some of those restaurant grade towels that are for like dirty jobs, and those I keep under the sink. Those are like mm-hmm. the ones that will end up mopping up the floor, will end up, you know, cleaning the mm-hmm. bathroom, that kind of stuff. Um, and then I keep the food grade ones on the kitchen counter where my pa- paper towels used to sit. Mm-hmm. So that's a solution. I like that. Um, an easy, a nice way to kind of like dip your toe into that is buy the cotton towels and keep a paper towel roll under your sink for emergencies. Mm-hmm. Only emergencies where you're like not really sure how to, you know, you're not ready to make the full plunge, but... Um, yeah, it's, it's a good way to just kind of reduce your your output immediately. Um, not to mention, you don't have to buy paper towels. You don't have to stock them in your home, in our mm-hmm. small New York apartments, buying like all the those... The bulky Yeah, yeah, towels. where do you store them? Um, so that's a, a little thing. That makes me think of two sort of related to that. Last Christmas, I started using reusable makeup remover pads instead of the wipes and just 
pieces of paper towel and the little discs. And that, I think, has made... Not that I can directly measure how many I was going through it in the year, but I'm reusing those and washing them, like, every 20 days. And so that, to me, made me realize how fast I was going through them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I personally reduced my output a little bit by doing that. And it's a very similar idea. Totally. What's this single-use sort of papery thing in my life that I can cut back on? Totally. That's a great example. Um, And you, you do get way more aware of how you use product. I mean, I was using a paper towel, like, for every little thing, mm-hmm. you know. And awareness is such a big part of this. Being eco-friendly, being eco-conscious, like, you have to be so aware of the things that you use and your output and the small changes that you can make to really be successful. For a while, it felt like recycling was like, you know, your check, check the box, I recycle. Yeah. Um, I think what we've learned um, is that recycling really isn't that great for the planet either. The resources that it takes up and the energy uh, to actually recycle plastic a second or third time are kind of immense. Um, Recycling came about as like a way to get people excited about being eco-friendly, but the idea was like, they'll get excited and hopefully won't stop there. People have completely stopped at recycling. They think, I recycle, I'm doing my part, we're good to go. It's just not true. Not Mm -hmm. true at all. So... It's about awareness and, like, taking those extra steps to kind of do a little bit more every day, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we're in crisis mode, to be honest, when it comes to, like, how we're going to change um, our lifestyles to be more kind of harmonious with the planet. Oh, I I don't think anyone's (laughs) fighting you on that, right? Uh, Well, there's someone somewhere. (laughs) But especially after this past week with Australia, I don't think anyone's, like... "Mm." if it's a crisis yeah yeah i think we're there yeah and i think that it's important for people to realize that becoming more eco-friendly isn't going to be the most convenient thing in your life it's been really convenient to trash the planet in the way that we have and it's going to be inconvenient to reverse what we've done and so swallowing that pill of like Mm -hmm. this may make me feel uncomfortable and kind of a hassle sometimes but like ultimately any habit can be formed as long as you like keep at it these things these like little eco-friendly tweaks can become second nature and and they end up not being a hassle at all I don't think twice about paper towels anymore I I just don't even it doesn't even occur to me so that paper towel is a small thing um um but it's a very easily actionable thing. Yes, that just like just like the water bottle, you know, replacing single-use plastic water bottles with an actual reusable plastic uh, reu- reusable bottle. Um, not just buying it, but actually using it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's things like that um, that feel small, but ultimately, if we are going to do anything, it's going to be because we we have a greater understanding of like our individual impact and act on it. Mm-hmm. So those things are important to me. Those like little things we can implement on our own I think in the fashion world and this you tell me is kind of a a downer but like not not taking part in fast fashion and not just following trends every moment that they come out it feels like it's a never-ending cycle of like what to buy when to buy like you know Mm -hmm. um cheaper blah 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 so so 
I think you can certainly shop trends at secondhand stores and things like that, but being more aware of the volume that you're taking in, um, especially when it comes to like the fast fashion brands. Well, especially so much of the trends repeat themselves. So I think even if right now you're thinking, I want to be trendy, what's hot right now? It's bug hats, it's chokers, it's windbreakers. Those were also super trendy in 1993. So maybe you don't, go buy the new version from H&M or Zara, but you go to a thrift store and you find the original <laughs> from the That 90s. has lasted 20 yeah. years. There is a way to participate in trends if you want to do that. And I feel like a lot of people do, especially in the age of Instagram when you want to look trendy. Um, but I think it's also just to recognize the root of the trend mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. figure out, like, okay, what is... What is the actual trend that's happening here mm-hmm. and is it something that's repeating probably yeah and then you can go find like the thrifted or the original the vintage version yes yes i do think there's a way to sh- shop trends s- smarter <laughs> um there's a way to shop trends in a smart way um and uh you yeah. gotta do it um yeah. because be smart um shop, shop intelligently shop trends intelligently exactly yeah yeah Definitely. Um, and it, it does make a difference. Um, and it, because at the end of the day, if you keep buying it, they will keep making it. Mm-hmm. And what we've learned is like, we're making too much and it's ending up in landfills, you know. But on a happier so note, <laughs> <laughs> um, 2020 lifestyle habits, shopping local whenever possible is huge. And shopping in bulk, especially when it comes to your um, kitchen, grocery store, um, whenever you can shop bulk and minimize packaging is really great. Mm-hmm. And again, becomes one of those, those kind of like no-brainer habits um, when you kind of can go to the store and like go to your go-tos and get them in bulk um, and reduce that. What, in my mind, when you're shopping bulk, mm. it's nuts and fruits um what are other things that you've seen that can actually be purchased in in bulk, bulk? well in in non-packaged bulk yes i also know like you can buy in bulk at a costco but that's not i think what we're getting yeah at if right we're now. talking new york local like new york centric um there are some great resources out there now um you can buy laundry detergent in bulk Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Um, I think so. Package free shop in Williamsburg. Yes. I think has um, laundry detergent. They have a little pop up at Chelsea Market right now. Oh, cool. That's great. And um, I believe it's PreCycle in Bushwick. Oh, okay. They, I think they do um, not just grocery items, but but so so shampoo, laundry detergent, body wash rice, lentils, all those dry goods, obviously, Mm -hmm. um, beans, and then not necessarily in bulk, but at a grocery store, you don't need to take the plastic bag to put all your apples in, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. you can bring either your own produce bags or just kind of forego packaging in general, Mm -hmm. um, for any fresh produce, vegetables, fruit, whatever. Yeah, produce bags are a great solution for that. You bring them with you, and also bringing your own shopping bags, I mean... I know yeah. that some of these things are no-brainers, but... Plastic bag... The plastic bag ban. There we go. Tongue twister yes. goes into effect on March 1st. Ooh, it does it? I think so. Great. I, I know it happened last January, yes. but I think it actually goes into effect... Okay, good. ...in March. Good. 
Good. So, yeah. So bring, those bring out your eyes. totes. We all have so many of those totes. Bring them out. Yeah. All those branded freebie totes. Yep. What was it? I saw a meme the other day that was saying the reusable bag that holds all the other reusable bags is the queen bag. Yes. And I oh, felt that so So hard. good. That's so good. Well, that's great. I had never heard of pre-cycle. Mm-hmm. I lived in Bushwick for six years. Wasn't there when I lived there. No. That's great. I so, love that addition yes. to the community. Yes. And I know that I'm a person, I'm allergic to nuts. So I'm always so wary about these bulk things because okay. it's almost always nuts. Yes. But it's nice to hear that you can do this for detergent and other things like that. Because yeah. I'm allergic to that. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to eat it. So yeah. I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. And the, yeah, the dried fruit and the, and the kind of the grains, the oatmeal. There's tons, and I bet every store is different with what they carry, yeah. but it's a, it's a really good thing to think about, um, to consider if you haven't already shopped in bulk. Yeah, I love that. I, I want to do that more this, yeah. this decade. Yes. Lifestyle habit upgrade. Great. <laughs> and then another simple lifestyle upgrade would be composting your food scraps. Mm. Um, so it's very simple. Um, you can do it. Um, kind of in, in a minimally invasive way. I keep a bowl in my freezer so there's no smell. There are no bugs flying around. Um, and every time I'm cooking, I bring out the bowl. All the food scraps go into the bowl so and they freeze. And then um, there's a farmer's market near me that does collect um, food, compostable items. And so I just go kind of every week and I go dump it out. Um, there's a way to... Get like the composting box in, in your, your building. building yes that i have i don't seen. know if it's in lic they, but i don't know they drove there was literally a truck that drove by my apartment yesterday that said <laughs> like recycle your food scraps on it and it, and then the back of the truck said like go to grow nyc dunk up or yeah, yeah grow request like a, yeah. like a food composting bin for your building yes and part of me thinks is it that easy and then another part of me thinks i don't know if my management company would go for it would go for it interesting Interesting. Well, I don't know. Well, I, I would like it. Yeah. It seems like it, the bureaucracy could get in the way. I don't know. I hear ya. Um, there are definitely designated drop-off zones, so you can also, if if maybe your building isn't going to start doing that, look up where you can drop off. And maybe instead of every week, you're dropping off once a month. But composting, um, saving that those food scraps, those organic food scraps that are going to decompose naturally, under the right setting situation. Mm-hmm. Um, is huge to to help those food scraps avoid um, going to a landfill where they just don't decompose in the same way. Oh, I agree. Especially, too, I think so many brands are trying to be sustainable by introducing compostable packaging mm-hmm. if they have their item packaged, but it doesn't compost if you don't put, put it, it in, in, like, industrial composting, yep. which I don't have, and so I just literally have, like, a little stack in my bathroom right now, because I'm like, I don't know what to do with these. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that would be a really good way to actually be able to compost all these compostable things. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, you could even, I mean, Union Square feels like kind of a, 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 a um, kind of center Central. point. They have, they have textile donations, textile composting, um, and the food compost. So at, at the bare minimum, if you can get to Union Square Green Market, yeah, they can do it there. That's great. Yeah, I feel like Union Square is a good... And they're there, I mean, they're there um, uh, many, like several days a week, 
three or four or five days a week. Great. Everyone can find whatever their Union day Square is. Green There's an option that'll work for you. Yes. Um, so this is kind of a little bit off topic, but I do want to talk about it because I know you have some experience with tiny homes mm-hmm. and just, I live in Long Island City and just going on the train, I see ads for like micro living and co-living and all, essentially the New York City version of a tiny home. And I think tiny homes, I would love your perspective on this. Part of me thinks super sustainable. It's a smaller footprint. You're probably... Your mindset's different about how you approach things, but then at the same time, you don't have a lot of space. So you, maybe you are going through more single-use things because you can't just hold on to things that you'll be able to reuse all the time. I don't know. I would love your perspective on that because I know, for instance, a really obvious example, we just finished the holidays, Christmas trees. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone I know that lives in a house in the suburbs has a reusable tree that they reuse every year but then everyone I know in the city has their sort of single-use Christmas tree that's alive and then they throw out at the end Mm -hmm, of the season mm -hmm. um because you can't keep a tree all year long and I wonder if that translates to other things in people's lives and Mm -hmm. kind of what what is great or sustainable about a tiny home or tiny Hmm. lifestyle yeah I'd say that it's not living in a tiny home um, and that, and kind of adopting that lifestyle is not for the faint of heart. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> um, because it is not just downsizing your stuff once and moving into a house. It's a continual daily, uh, routine of living small. Um, and I don't mean in any way that that takes away from your quality of life. I think actually people who live in tiny homes have just expressed how much fuller their lives feel. On Cheddar at Home, I met several people who lived in different variations of tiny spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, on a bus, on a converted bus, in an actual tiny home, on a houseboat. Um, and just the the kind, kind of common through line was that stuff mattered less. And so what they were really focused on was the quality of their life and not the things in it. Mm-hmm. Things like Christmas trees, I think that when you're living in such a small space and you don't want to constantly be feel like you're living amongst your things, uh, you sacrifice some things, but you also get really inventive um, on how you can participate in traditions and, mm-hmm. and kind of the things that you want. I mean, I, I have a friend who lives in a tiny home um, in Colorado and she has two dogs and she was fortunate enough to be able to completely design her own tiny home and built in a cage for both of these dogs, like where the living room would kind of be. She built a platform, has two kind of reading chairs, and underneath this platform is like a big, big cage for two dogs because they were such a part of her life that she wasn't going to skimp on that part of her home. And so it's about like compromising in a lot of ways which again goes back to what I think all of this like sustainable living is about it's like we're gonna have to make some compromises but it doesn't mean that things will be worse things can get a lot better yeah nothing great ever came easy Mm. right Mm -hmm. absolutely um so we're getting pretty close to the end of our interview but I just want to check in and just see if there was anything more about organizing and sustainable living that you wanted to touch on um 
if not, then I would love to just talk about some of the sites in the city where you can get sort of salvaged and repurposed home. I don't know if the right word is like home goods because I'm yeah. not talking about like baskets. I'm talking about like a mantle. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so I have two two Instagram accounts that right. I want to shout out. Yeah, um, hit me up. <laughs> because they've been doing some really cool stuff. Stooping and kind of trash walking, which is like salvaging things off mm-hmm. the street, I think is a really cool thing that is happening in New York City. Um, I did it on my own independently mm-hmm. for a long time. There are lots of pieces of furniture in my apartment. The painting above you right yeah, now. That's love. where that came from. That's incredible. <laughs> exactly. There are so many pieces in my own apartment that are just straight up from the street. Um, and they look and feel like they could have been a lot of money. Yeah. Um, I mean, New York City is a great place to oh, be doing a, that. Uh, yeah. A minefield of home good gems. So Stooping NYC and Trash Walker. Um, is right. it The Trash Walker or Trash? Maybe it's The Trash Walker. I will find it and I will link it in the episode Yes, guide. those are Instagram accounts and they're two women who are just doing it. They're stooping and they're trash walking and finding really cool stuff um, and posting it on their, their um, accounts. Um, and uh, it's it's cool. It's That's cool amazing. to see, like, an, a, a, a kind of independent route of, like, saving things. Because, obviously, in New York City, we have access to, like, all those, uh, of the big reuse and, like, the mm-hmm. kind of larger thrift stores and, and home mm-hmm. goods, um, salvage yards. Um, but these are two independent women just, like, doing it on their own. Yes. I love that. Um, one of my favorite, just talking about the salvage place, big reuse is great. Mm-hmm. They used to have one in Astoria, but it closed. Um, so now there's just the one in Gowanus. But the other one I really like is um, Demolition Depot. Mm-hmm. Have you gone there? I haven't been. It's at 125th Street and 2nd Avenue, and it's huge. It's probably a four or five story building. And it's got everything. Like, one floor is just doors, and another one's just bathtubs. And then there's another one that's just, like, fireplaces. Wow. But it's all from these demoed mansions and homes Mm -hmm. from all over the Tri-State area where they salvage these amazing pieces. And then you can be like, great, those are going to be the lights on my front of my building now. Yeah. And that's, like, a way to reuse a building. Totally. Which is so cool. I know, like, a couple episodes ago I was talking with, Corey Schneider, who runs the New York Adventure Club, and we were talking about things that were once something, like a building that's now something else. But this is a way to totally upcycle a building. It's not just, yes. this was once a factory, and now it's a concert venue. It's like, this was once a church's light, and now it's my ceiling Chandelier. fan. Chandelier, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think what you'll find is, like, often with those pieces that can be salvaged, they're in, they're made of um, better materials anyways. Like, not only are they, you know, have a little piece of history, but um, made of solid wood um, that will end up lasting longer than, you know, the kind of fast furniture you can pick up. Oh, yeah. No one's salvaging Ikea. Like, no. <laughs> so that that's a totally great, valid point. Things are just better made. Better made and, like, a little more character and uh, usually cheaper. Yeah. So there's, like, many wins in that category. Yes, absolutely. I'm curious, um, you mentioned so many things in your apartment were from the stooping and the street walking. What's, what are some of like your iconic street finds? My coffee table is from the stoop. Um, I mean, it does look like a dog attacked one of the corners, but it, 
to me, it's just character. Yeah, that's the character. It's yeah. just character. I found a door with a built-in mirror. It's like a closet door with a built-in mirror. The paint is all kind of cracked, and the mirror has like that kind of mercury kind mm-hmm. of bleeding in it. I think it's just gorgeous. Um, I also have a huge mirror on top of my mantle in my living room that is maybe four feet by six feet maybe seven feet. It's huge. All right. Um, we barely got it inside. Um, and that just like sits vertical on my mantle. I, I couldn't picture anything else going there. It just makes the whole, um, apartment brighter and bigger. Um, found a perfectly good purple glass lamp. Perfect condition. Works just great. I found a lampshade for it. Done. Um, that's a very wide breadth of things you have yeah, found. Yeah, yeah, lots of, yeah. I mean, other mirrored stuff. Just, but you have to be discerning, too. Mm-hmm. You can't just take everything. You gotta wait for that special piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, th- I think I've only taken in pieces that, like, I knew were gonna work and knew were perfect. I've also stooped for other people. Okay. I, I will go around... And I think, like, my, my apartment is, like, at its capacity, but, like, I'll take pictures, send them to my friend who just moved on, like, coffee table. Want it? Yes, no. Like, you got five mm-hmm. minutes. Um, and so I'll stoop for other people. I love it. I absolutely love it. I like, too, that you're doing this in your own apartment, so being able to stoop and be resourceful is not at the cost of being organized. Like, you can... You can do that. Yeah, yeah. And I think that comes because when I moved into my apartment, it wasn't like, okay, fill every nook and cranny, need mirror, need coffee table, need all these things. Um, I find with a lot of clients, they're like, I just need to go buy all this stuff from like one store. And I'm like, pump the brakes, let your style evolve, let yourself like acquire things that you actually care about. Don't just go buy everything. Let your space breathe. Let your space, like, tell you kind of what it wants to be, how you want to position your living room, what kind of chairs you even want in here before you just, like, go buying a bunch of stuff that you're not really in love with. I didn't rush to buy a bunch of furniture. I was kind of like, I want to find the things that are really right for me because this also ties back to, like, the way that I shop now is really, I I like to ask myself, you know, if, if I'm willing to hang on to this piece for the rest of my life, even if something wouldn't necessarily last that long, I like to go in to shopping with the mentality that like, I am, it sounds dramatic, but like I am shepherding these items for the rest of my life. And so like I, mm-hmm. once I buy them, once I pay the money for them, I am responsible for them and where they end up. So that kind of, with that mentality, not only do I shop less, but um, and I just don't buy impulsively. Um, I like I'm I'm really kind of I, I put a lot of meaning onto the things that I do acquire. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I know so many places say you should plan to wear something thirty times when you get it mm-hmm. or you know, this is something is not for now, it's forever. But I think that's kind of a good approach too as well. Just having the mindset of, like, these are my kids now, I'm shepherding them through life, like, they are with me till the end. Yeah, and I can, I can either take really good care of them and fix them when they break, or not. Absolutely. All right, B. where can people oh, find... Yes. Oh, yeah, no. Oh, no, no. What do you got? What do you got? Um, think, talking about, like, news. Yeah, hit me up. Okay. What kind of news have you got? <laughs> um... Well, personal news, um, I'm offering sliding scale organizing. So in my past, I have done kind of 
hourly rate organizing and, you know, I, I've organized for everyone from hoarders to, you know, the 1%. And what I found... Is there a lot of overlapping between the two? Hoarders and the 1%. Um, everyone's hoarding different things. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, and not, yes, not to say that the 1% are not hoarders and that hoard... Yeah. Um, I'm just it's all across the board. If you have board. that much money, like, do you just automatically become a hoarder in some way or... <laughs> It's possible. Yes. Okay. Anything is possible. I've seen it all is what I'm trying to say. Yes. And through seeing it all, um, I just decided that I do not want my services to be um, unavailable to anybody. Mm -hmm. So I'm offering sliding scale organizing services and uh, I want to be able to help anyone and everyone who, who wants to kind of change their life in this way. Yes. So that's my little thing. All right, B, so where can people find you? Okay, so for all of my organizing hacks and uh, opinions and advice um, on Instagram, I'm at B underscore organized, and it's B-E-A, like my name. Great. Um, and then you can shoot me a message there. If you, like, want to work together, shoot me a message on Instagram, um, and we'll get you set up. Amazing. I love that. Um I've definitely learned some things. I'm feeling super guilty about the roll of paper towels in my kitchen right now. Um, gonna be working on that. 2020, new year, new me. Said somewhat ironically and somewhat not. Remove the guilt and just replace it with like, I'm gonna do better. Like, I'm ex excited about change in your life. You yeah, know? I am. I am excited about change. Absolutely. Um, my name is Lindsay Ruter. You are listening to the Hand Me Up Club and I will talk to you next week. The Hand Me Up Club is hosted by Lindsay Ruter, recorded and engineered by Adam Zucker, and edited by Caitlin Correa at CC Media. Thanks for listening.